This is a story of tomorrow, or the day after tomorrow, when men have built a station in space constructed in the form of a great wheel and set a thousand miles out from the Earth. Fixed by gravity and turning about the world every two hours, serving a double purpose, an observation post in the heavens and a place where a spaceship can be assembled and then launched to explore other planets and the vast universe itself in the last and greatest adventure of mankind, a plunge toward the conquest of space. Rocket coming up, sir. It's a transport right on schedule, eh, Captain? No, sir, they're late. A minute and 33 seconds. It's a minute and 34 seconds, Captain. It's not important, of course, but it could be. In celestial navigation, one second can be the difference between life and death. Gee, I hope they don't forget to bring up the ice cream this time. I thought I issued an order to the effect that food was never to be a subject of conversation on the wheel. I'm sorry, sir, I forgot. There are some men aboard who are not permitted to enjoy the food that you eat, Corporal. And unless you're anxious to share their diet, I'd advise you not to forget again. I won't, sir. days, a month, and we'll be on it. Do you realize, sir, that I've been up here a full year without any leave? Well, there's several of us in the same boat, Barney. But I'd only been married for three and a half months. <laughs> I'm sure Linda will understand. She's a sensible girl. After all, when a girl marries a soldier... Soldier? Ghost, you mean. A robot spinning around the world every two hours on a tin donut. That's what you've been to mother for three years, and what I'm becoming to my wife. Barney. I'm sorry, sir. You built the wheel, and you're proud of it. You've got every right to be, but... Well, why me? We were happy down there. Little cottage right on the base. She was just beginning to furnish it. And you yanked me out of it. You belong here, Barney. You're my son. Space is your heritage. I formally request, sir, that inasmuch as service on the wheel is voluntary, I have never been accorded the privilege of volunteering. 
that I be granted permission to return to Earth on the transport rocket. Colonel, sir, there's a storm building up in the Pacific. Real Lulu. Might be a hurricane. Chart it and notify all weather stations likely to be affected. Yes, sir. Permission denied, Captain. Somehow or another, I kind of hate to see this job get finished. It's like my cousin Seymour. He's a plastic surgeon. He built a face for an ugly dame once, which turned out to be so beautiful, he fell in love with her. So off she went with the garbage collector. You afraid this beautiful ship will go off without you, Jackie? Precisely and definitely the opposite. Well, frankly, I'm... I'm frightened of going, but I'm more frightened of being left behind. For what you scared? We build this ship, so we fly it. So we get to the moon. Who's gonna guarantee we ever get back? I'm with Pete. For a fat salad year, I've been eating bites here on this goofy sombrero with no squawk. Now, let some other heroes take her from here. This little guinea pig ain't gonna no more joy hops for the great Colonel Merritt. And if old Space Happy thinks otherwise, he can take his ship and... And what, Sergeant Siegel? Sergeant Siegel just left, sir. Let's have the straight of it. What's wrong with the lad? What's the matter? You sick or something? You hurt someplace? No, I, uh, I just couldn't move out there, but I'm all right. You couldn't move, you say? Why not? I don't know. I, I just couldn't. Ah, he's all right, he told you. 
Leave him alone. It ain't important. You know the colonel's orders with your incubator babies. Even a pimple is important. You bluebirds are my responsibility, and he's reporting to the infirmary. Come on, lad. I'll take him himself. Gee, it'd be worth taking a trip to the moon. Just to get rid of that overgrown baby, sir. What is it, sir? I... I'm all right, aren't I? Of course, my boy, of course. Nothing more serious than a momentary lapse of nerve function. You're fine. You believe him, sir. I mean, this couldn't make any difference. It's been a whole year, sir, and after all this time, I... I'd hate to wash out. Well, I'd hate to lose you, Cooper. Thank you, sir. Let's have it, Kurt. What's really the matter with that boy? Oh, Cooper's in fine condition, sir. Well, you gave him a complete physical examination only three days ago, Major. A perfect score, remember? You don't have to worry about that voice, sir, I assure you. He was paralyzed out there, Sergeant. He couldn't move. That's something to worry about up here. What was it? Somatic dyspasia. Self-induced inability of the nerves to transmit brain messages. In your language, space fatigue. Self-induced? Well, not consciously, of course. Each mind has its own limit of endurance, at which point it rebels. The result can be anything. Simple hives, hallucination, headache, loss of speech, paralysis, total insanity, anything. All of us up here suffer from the same disease to some degree. It is to be expected. Man has never before lived in space. Fortunately, most of the cases are so minor, they present no problem. But Cooper? Cooper will be perfectly normal as soon as you return him to Earth. That bad? What he experienced was simply a warning. If it happens again, it could be permanent. I see. How about the others? Andre, Imoto, excellent. As for Siegel, Sanella, and Donkerskirt, every day with them it is a new set of horrible afflictions. <laughs> Some of them completely unknown to medical science. Furthermore, they all seem to have an absolute loathing for the wheel, its commanding officer, its doctor, a certain Sergeant Mahoney, and the Space Corps in general. <laughs> Everything, with the possible exception of good food and women. In other words, they're normal. Thank you very much, Major. What's the matter, sir? Are you ill? No. no, I'm all right. Carry on.
spirals. Thank heaven's science ain't found a way to put you up in capsules. The future, Mr. Segal, Pedro. How'd you like to paddle that around in your gondola? Mm, for a wife, too skinny. Too skinny? That's beautiful skin, boy. Andre, what did they say? I'm not out, am I? Out of what, Roy? A spaceship. It must have a crew. Now look, Roy. The Colonel hasn't told us definitely we are the crew. We don't have to be told. We are, you know we are. Every man on the wheel won his place after six months of the stiffest competition in the world. Each one of us were handpicked from the winners for this special duty. Who else is being conditioned as we are? Special food, special exercise. Tests, lectures, watched every second, never any leave. You fellas know how, how tough it's been. Now, just because I had a bad couple of minutes out there. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think to have a bad couple of minutes myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going no place. All right, so we built a spaceship. That doesn't mean we have to fly it. Hey, maybe we're guinea pigs. Maybe they want to find out how much of them cosmic rays a human carcass can absorb before we light up like Christmas trees. Eh. And a double P, I can learn to like cosmic rays. With all that loot, boy, I'm going to open a TV shop, settle down, marry my Rosie, and raise a house full of kids. So if I glow a little in the dark, she can find me better. If you get that charged with cosmic rays, you better not plan on too large a family. That's a lot of bosh. One of them cats in the lab just had a litter of seven kittens and she's been up here longer than we have. And anything a cat can do, me and Rosie could do, too. <laughs> Last call for dining car. Food! One, two! Shall we go, gentlemen? Yes, mother. Be seated, gentlemen. Mahoney has six little lambs. He has to watch their diet. They helped the Colonel build his ship, and now they have to fly it. Peasants! Dig in. Space Marcus Bus. Say, pretty good today. Corned beef, I think. Imagine. 
All the nourishment you need. No mess, no butter, and no waste. I think I still prefer to eat the hard way. Hey, Jackie, pass me a cup of coffee. Cream and sugar. Okay, so I volunteered. So I'll eat. What are you eating it for? Colonel Murd eats it. That's a reason? For 30 years, me and the Colonel have been banging around together. Korea, Africa, China, now space. If he intends to shove off to anywhere else, I ain't giving him any excuse to leave me behind because I ain't eating the proper diet. Some more of that corned beef, if you please. Feeling better, sir? Hmm? Oh, fine. Mahoney, you know the Colonel a lot better than the rest of us. You don't think he'll wash Stop me out? Stop worrying. If he's going off on an excursion, who's he going to take? He'll have to ask some volunteers again. Us? That son of his? I happen to know about a grapevine that the captain has already put in for a transfer. So that leaves you. So I hope you and the Colonel will be very happy together. This, this ain't called Shikombi. So the captain put in for a transfer, did he? Well, good riddance, I say. He's a fine officer. He doesn't measure up to his father's belt buckle. You know, I was with the Colonel the night he got the word the kid was born. We were in Indochina. We did a little bit of celebrating. I remember the Colonel, Captain, he was then, pointing up to the sky and said, you see that moon? That says birthday present. Someday I'm going to give it to him. A balloon on a string would mean as much to the ingrate putting it for a transfer. This is a mistake. No mistake. Compliments of Colonel Merritt. Steak. Mushrooms. Asparagus. Go ahead, Roy. Dig in. Looks... Looks delicious, doesn't it? Go on, cut it. Cut that steak! saying, Sergeant Brooklyn? I was saying, Sergeant Omoto, if it wasn't for a certain fat head of school pitcher, just waiting for me to do it. Man, I'd be lapping up that stick. <laughs>
just think of Coney Allen. Well, I'm telling you. Landing crew ready to make fast. All stations manned. Let's go. Okay, Mr. Benton, don't be afraid. You'll just float over. Hiya, Johnny. Got you back in the milk run, I see. Yeah. Somebody's got to service this box, Kite. Brought your visitor, Dr. Uh... Dr. Fenton, nice to see you. The Colonel's expecting you, sir, if you'd like to freshen up first. Uh, thanks, later. If it's possible, I'd better see the Colonel at once. Of course. Take charge of the new men, Lieutenant. This way, sir. sent you. How are you, boy? A bit rocky, but all right otherwise. <laughs> and you, Sam? Oh, fit as a fiddle. It's against regulations to feel any other way on the wheel. My own orders. Come on, sit down. Thanks, I will. I didn't know until a half hour ago that they were sending you up. You remember my son, Barney, don't you? Dr. Fenton helped to plan every detail of this wheel, Barney. They thought we were insane then, didn't they, George? Well, frankly, I thought so, too. But here it is. You put it up here. <laughs> you know, for once, the international authorities really sent up somebody who knows what it's all about. And since you are one of the geniuses responsible for that monstrosity, would you mind telling me what it is? We assembled this thing piece by piece as it came up, according to your brilliant specifications. It's a masterpiece of technology and electronics. But it doesn't make one particle of sense. In just what way do you mean? Well, here. Take these wings, for instance. What in blazes are wings doing on this ship? There's no atmosphere on the moon. The moon? And this booster, all that power. What are we going to do, go up to the moon or going through it? Or maybe we're supposed to tow it back with us so those bright boys from every nation on Earth can have a better look at it. Is that the idea? Working for one government was bad enough. But now we've got all of them on our backs. I think you'd better read your orders. General. <laughs> General? Your promotion is among these dispatches. Congratulations, sir. A general. Your order, Sam. And for you, Captain, your transfer. You'll be attached to Muroc, I believe, as you requested. 
You can return with me if you like. Fantastic. No more so than going to the moon. Mars isn't the moon. There's a slight difference of several million miles. Not one word. No warning. Just take off and leave. Just across the solar system. I tell you, we're not ready, George. Why wasn't I consulted? We only reached the decision yesterday. There was some discussion about your age, and, well, General Cronin convinced the authorities... And who you... convinced Cronin? You? A long time ago, the Supreme Council issued an order that the final objective of this project was to be the planet Mars. You were present at all those discussions. The moon was never anything more than just a test hop. Now the orders are to eliminate the test and proceed with the original plan. Time makes it imperative. There's only one man who can take that ship to another planet and bring it back. The man who built the wheel. To gamble the lives of a crew of men on as senseless a mission as this is callous. It's stupid. Stupid or callous, it may seem to be at this time. It is not senseless. Man's very survival on Earth depends upon the success of this or some future search for a new source of raw materials. General Samuel T. Merritt. Very imposing title. For a tombstone. The orders are naturally contingent to your acceptance, General. You can refuse. When do we leave? going. I've never refused to obey an order, Captain. I never have either, sir. Until now. When do we leave? Our previous orders were to leave the wheel, proceed to the moon, orbit for observation, make a landing, and return to base. These orders have now been canceled. We're not going to the moon. Mr. Fenton has brought us a new directive. Our time of departure will be 11.36 tomorrow morning. Our destination, the planet Mars. Now, that time of departure, both for the outer trip from the wheel to Mars and for the return from Mars to the wheel, is most important. We must arrive at the Martian orbit at the exact time when it is occupied by the planet. Obviously, the same precision of timing applies for our return. Now, you five men have been chosen after intensive competitive examinations. For the past year, you've been receiving special training and instruction for travel into outer space. The ship, however, can accommodate only two officers and three crewmen. I have been assigned as commanding officer. All other service on this trip will be voluntary. 
Since Captain Merritt has already volunteered, there are only three berths left open. Two of you, then, are going to be disappointed. I can take it, sir. Before I ask for volunteers, I should like to state my own preferences. You're all fine men. Final selection will be made on the basis of special qualifications. Sergeant Siegel? Y yes, sir. I don't think there's a man on the wheel with less formal education than you possess. Yes, sir. I'm sure ignorant, sir. No one with a better knowledge of advanced electronics. I should like to have you along. Sergeant Emoto, you're a graduate of Osaka University with two years of postgraduate work at the Colorado School of Mines. That knowledge is valuable. Sergeant Fedor, two years of medicine in Vienna, right? You're both needed. Before any of you accept, I should like to make it unmistakably clear that the dangers of this journey are above and beyond anything that the Space Corps or your own governments have any right to ask of you. I can give you a confounded little reason for this attempt to reach Mars, and no assurance at all that it will even be successful. It's my personal conviction that no one but an idiot would volunteer. And I shall strongly suspect the sanity of anyone who does. All right. We've all got it straight. Who wants to go? Is it permitted to disagree with the general, sir? Of course, Sergeant. In my humble opinion, sir, there is an excellent reason for this voyage. Well, suppose you tell us about it. Some years ago, my country chose to fight a terrible war. It was bad. I do not defend it. But there were reasons. Somehow, those reasons are never spoken of. To the Western world at that time, Japan was a ferry-built nation. Little people living in a strange land of rice paper houses. People who had almost no furniture who sat on the floor and ate with chopsticks. The quaint houses are rice paper, sir. They were made of paper because there was no other material available. And the winters in Japan are as cold as they are in Boston. And the chopsticks? There was no metal for forks and knives and spoons where slivers of wood could suffice. So it was with the little people of Japan, little as I am now. Because for countless generations, we have not been able to produce the food to make us bigger. Japan's yesterday will be the world's tomorrow. Too many people and too little land. That is why I say, sir, there is urgent need for us to reach Mars to provide the resources the human race will need if they are to survive. That is also why I am most grateful to be found acceptable, sir. I volunteer. Thank you, Sergeant Emoto. You're not a little man. Anyone else? Look, General, sir. You wouldn't want these helpless infants along on a mission like this, now a couple of tough old soldiers like ourselves. You're not going, Mahoney. I'm within me rights to demand a reason. You're 20 years too old. Too old? I'm three months younger than you, Sam Merritt, and with twice the endurance. 
Who was it carried you on his back for seven miles after the Battle of Bloody Hill in 1952 when all the breath you had left in you was enough to blow out a candle and a Halloween pumpkin? Now, I said no, Mahoney. Now, you angled your way onto this wheel against my specific orders, and you're not going to bull your way onto the spaceship. And if what? you say another word, I'm going to have you thrown into solitary for a month and tied to a wheelchair when you get out. Whew. I'll go, sir. Well, sir. Well, I hate to see everybody eat with chopsticks. So, check. To you men, our thanks for your patience and all your sacrifices. The Earth rocket leaves in two hours. Get packed up. Dismissed. Speech maker, chopstick. room of the Transworld Communications in New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, it has just been revealed by the security office of the Supreme International Space Authority that within the next 24 hours, exact time to be given later, man's first spaceship, built and commanded by General Samuel Merritt, will blast off in the most fabulous voyage ever conceived by the human mind. Their destination is the planet Mars. Mars? You guys? You want our autographs, peasants? <laughs> we take you now to our permanent station on Mount Palomar. There they are, ladies and gentlemen, the satellite and the spaceship, the dream of all mankind come true. The moment is almost here, the moment for that creation of the wheel to launch out into limitless space, to carry five heroic men to a new planet and to immortality. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, please stand by while we close our circuits for the final special event of the evening. A private last look at the world for the heroic men of the wheel alone. Take it away, Vienna. So, meine Gnädigste, darf ich bitten, jetzt zum Mikrofon zu kommen? So, jetzt ist der Moment. Bitte etwas näher, etwas näher. This lady is Mrs. Heinz Fodor, gentlemen, the mother of Andre Fodor. So, und jetzt bitte sprechen Sie ganz ungeniert da hinaus. Ja, ja. Sehr liebenswürdig von Ihnen. Andre, Andre, my boy, this is your mother. Can you hear me? What you are doing must be good. You are a good boy. Please, Andre, be careful. God watch over you, my boy, and bring you back to me. Darf ich bitten? And now, now we take you back to New York. Miss Rosalie McCann, who has something to say to Sergeant Siegel before he leaves. Rose! Hello, Jackie. Wow! Oh, my! Oh, my! Do you miss me, Jackie, baby? I miss you, honeypot. You've been away a long time, Jackie. But where love is concerned, what's the year this way or that? When the flame of love is burning, and it's burning Jackie right here, forever. And it's too rosy, baby. For me, there never could be anyone else but you. Never, ever, ever. Psst, psst. Rosie. In a minute, in a minute. <laughs> So I won't say goodbye, Jackie. Just farewell. Shh, Rosie, hey, come on. Please, Sydney. In a minute. Sydney! I gotta hurry now, Jackie. Mama's waiting. Mom! Oh! Bye now. Don't forget to bring your Rosie back. A nice souvenir from Mars. Souvenir! You two-timer tomato! But that's silly, I got a souvenir! Come on out, you rat! I'll bring you!
Holding 20,000 miles per hour, sir. Set to gyros for Mars. Yes, sir. On course, Captain? On course. You were saying, Sergeant Brooklyn? I was saying, Sergeant Amoro, that the next time I am definitely going to try to train. You're making it out of those couches now. We won't need them again when we land on Mars. Ain't that just grand, Sergeant? Not in the warrior pop for millions and millions of miles. Spaceship, wheel calling. Come in. Over. Spaceship One to the wheel. Come in, wheel. Over. Hello, Spaceship One. Professor Fenton for General Merritt. General, sir. How are we doing, George? Good, General. You're getting a bigger push from Earth than we anticipated, however. Is our co-tangential orbit correct? We're computing it now. Keep your radio open. We'll be in constant communication as long as possible. Incidentally, TWC has okayed relay broadcast for morale. Your boys like to hear some mood music? Thanks. For this mood, there is no music. Stand by the radio. Yes, sir. Sergeant Moto, Sergeant Photo, go aft and check the tailpipe temperatures. <clears throat> Look at him. Oh. He's off again. We went to a lot of trouble to develop those magnetized shoes. Now you get back into them and keep them zipped up. We'll have no unnecessary floating aboard this ship. No, sir. Just stand there, get some water. All the stupid harebrained things to do. Stowing away on a spaceship. What a beating he must have taken during the blast off. Wake up, you insubordinate lunatic. 30 years in the army and still too brainless to obey an order. Wake up so I can have you shot. He's coming too. What are you doing aboard this ship? Forgot your toothbrush. I don't remember you reading the Bible so often, sir. It's the one book you never really get through reading. Man's every move, his every thought, his every action is in there somewhere. Recorded or predicted. Every move except this one. 
According to the Bible, man was created on the Earth. Nothing is ever mentioned of his going to other planets. Not one blessed word. Well, at the time the Bible was written, it wouldn't have made much sense, would it? Does it now? The biblical limitations of man's wanderings are set down as being the four corners of the Earth. Not Mars or Jupiter or infinity. The question is, Bonnie, what are we? Explorers? Or invaders? Invaders? Of what, sir? Of the sacred domain of God. His heavens. To man, God gave the earth. Nothing else. But this taking of, of other planets, it's almost like an act of blasphemy. But why? They belong to no one else. We don't know that. But look, sir, it couldn't be just an accident that at the very time when man's resources on Earth are reaching an end, man develops the ability to leave his own world and seek replenishment on other planets. The timing is what fascinates me. It's too perfect to be accidental. Those other planets might already be tenanted. Well, I don't think so. The universe was put here for man to conquer. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Why don't you try to get a little sleep, sir? Huh? Oh. Yes, I, uh, I think I will. Good night, Barney. Good night, Father. Topside view is jammed. Can't move it. Sergeant Siegel, Sergeant Photo. Get out there and free that pickup. Out, sir? But the ship has gone 20,000 miles an hour, sir. So are you, Sergeant. You won't fall off. The operation is the same as it would be on the wheel. Get going. Yes, sir. business I'm really going into? Real estate. Cut out that chit-chat up there and fix that pickup. Yes, sir. That's what I love about this job. The privacy. Now, sir. It's okay now. 
Now, you men go forward and... Asteroid, dead astern. Turn to the airlock at once. That's an order. Give him a hand. Yes, sir. Mahoney. Yes, sir. If anybody likes some hot coffee, they could heat up a couple of tins. Someone go out there and to me and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. And there is no rest in my bones because of my sin. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Spaceship. Wheel calling spaceship. Come in. Over. The wheel. 
They're trying to get us. Spaceship to wheel. We hear you. We hear you. Come in. Over. Lost. Now, takes time. Millions of miles. Spaceship to wheel. We hear you. We hear you. Come in. Come in. Over. Spaceship to wheel. Come in. Come in. Over. Getting bigger all the time, isn't it, sir? Yes, Sergeant. The planet and the blasphemy. The what, sir? Spaceship. Spaceship. Wheel calling spaceship. This is Fenton. We've been calling you constantly for weeks. Come in. Over. Spaceship to wheel. This is Captain Merritt. Stand by for the general. General, sir. The wheel. Merritt speaking. Here's the report. Lost course for several days due to near collision with asteroid. But we can still reach destination as plotted. Which may be Mars or hell. This voyage is a cursed abomination. If it were possible, I'd come back now, return the ship to Earth and blow it up. General, please. Together with all plans in existence for building another. We're committing man's greatest sacrilege. And we can't stop. Professor, the general isn't well. Fatigue. He's been suffering from severe headaches and insomnia. He's very tired, almost exhausted. We lost a crew member, Andre Fodor, struck by a meteor. The general took it very hard. I'm sure it's only temporary. He'll be all right, don't worry. Everything else is under control. Our Hey, you guys, we're in trouble. Off our course? No, the general. You ought to hear the blast he just threw at the wheel. Not just that Bible talk he's been spouting lately. Crazy stuff. Things like blowing up the ship. Things like that. Gone. Just like Cooper. Listen, you slimy little calumniator. If you were one-tenth the man the general is, you'd be twice the man you are. What he says or how he acts is not for you to criticize. And if I catch you doing it again, I'll pull out your filthy tongue and strangle you with it. Sam? How about coming down to the parlor and having a little cup of tea with a lonesome old friend? Look at her, all red-faced and pouting, like she might be angry with us. And with us coming all this way to visit her. 
have fewer, Sergeant Siegel. We've got to release the boosters. Hey, don't we need them tanks? They're empty. Just excess baggage now. The reserve tanks below will take us back home. Ready, sir. Jettison boosters. to us if we hit the atmosphere that fast. All right, men, positions for landing. Going nicely, sir. Clear landing ahead. No. No. I mustn't. I can't. You haven't the right. places until the ship is raised. The ship is upright, sir. Good landing. This is a good landing? Any landing's a good landing. Gravity. 
beautiful gravity. Let's go below, shall we? Feels like good soil. Given water, I bet you can grow anything here we grow on Earth. Big things, maybe. Like in Jack the Beanstalk. Be wonderful to try and see what could happen. I have some flower seed. I've been carrying them ever since I left Hawaii. I was going to try them on the moon. But here in this soil... You'd need a pipeline from the Colorado River to water them. Captain, look! Damage the pipes when we landed. Wait here. before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the promise. Stop, stop it! You mad! Hydrazine and nitric acid explode on contact! We'll be blown to bits! Father, stay back! Dad, it's Bonnie! Please, you, you've got to listen to me! You killed him. No. Your own father. 
No. No, Captain. He'll not die. Not now. But when we get back, and we'll get back, we've got a date to you and me with a court-martial. And I'll be the witness. And it'll be a rope for you, Captain. And I hope they make it slow, very slow, so I can watch you kick! No signs of water. Not even bugs or worms. They ought to give this planet back to the... Who did you give it back to? No people. What water we have left is our life. Every drop must be rationed. No washing, no heat. Look, Captain. Why couldn't we kick off what we got left? We couldn't, except for one slight detail. The Earth wouldn't be there when we arrived. How very unpleasant. So how long we got to stick around this crummy planet? How old are you, Sergeant Siegel? Just turned 29. When you turn again, you can start packing. You and Sergeant Mahoney start draining the pipes of the heating system. Well, he says we gotta squeeze the water. So let's get the squeezing. It's gonna be a cold, dry winter. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ. Our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Roll the wheel again, Sergeant. What for? To wish him a Merry Christmas? 
Spaceship to Will. Come in, Will. Over. How long are you gonna keep doing this? We ain't heard from the Wheel in months. Well, supposing your answer, so what? Maybe we ask for room service and have them send up some ice water. We've done what no men in the world have done before us. We've got to let them know before it's too late. If it's humanly possible, we've got to report. Report what? That the operation was a big success? But the patients are dying in a lousy, dried-up ball in the corner pocket of nowhere? We could report a murder, Captain. I've told you everything that happened, Sergeant. Yes, Captain. That you have. And you can tell it to me from now until doomsday, but don't forget I was there and I saw everything with me own eyes. Spaceship calling the wheel. Spaceship to wheel. Over. The general wasn't crazy, he was right. We asked for it. There's a curse on this ship and everybody in it. Baloney. You leave that stuff back on Earth. But it don't operate past a thousand mile limit. Only God can make a tree. Okay? Where is it? Where's the trees and the flowers and the grass? Where's the water? You hear me? Where's the water? Hey, fellas, look! Leave that, Mahoney. We won't take anything unessential to the voyage. Everything okay up there, sir? All secure. By this time tomorrow, we'll be on our way home. Just about finished, Captain. I think these soil and mineral samples will prove that life is possible on Mars. It can be done, sir. All the elements are in those sacks. 
even air and water in other forms. Until now, this little planet has been alone, friendless, all drawn up into itself. So it's crusty, dried up, and unyielding. But with patience and understanding and hard work, it could be made to blossom. I wish I had your faith, Emoto. from Earth growing here. Look at it. A flower on Mars. It is a flower. This honeycomb. We drilled into a lot of pockets. Caves, caverns. If we could crack them open, the sand would pour in like water. We might draw off enough to lower that side of the ship. Straighten her up? It's possible. But how do we crack open the cavities? With the engines, we blast. Hammer the ground with the rockets. Great. But what happens if we open some cracks on the wrong side? We fall over. We've got exactly 14 minutes to come up with a miracle and say goodbye to this planet or we'll never leave it. You were saying, Sergeant? I'm sold. Punch it, Captain.
Try it again, Captain. You did it. Date is a date, Sergeant. glorious way the general died. Sacrificing his life as he did to bring his ship and his crew safely to a landing on a rocky desert of a new planet. It's the way the history books will tell it. Won't they, Captain? Fit men for a grand soldier. For the man who conquered space. Would you be caring for a cup of tea, Captain? <laughs> 